The following program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 2nd show. Hope you had a great April 1st. Did nothing too bad. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I'm dedicated to my listeners providing you with tools needed to make informed decisions on all matters affecting your money. If you're listening to my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the amazing guest I have in studio today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at the moneyhour.com. And here's the lineup for today's show. Again, we have Endeavor Trapin, one of my uh, favorite regular contributors to the show, owner of D11 Consulting, speaker, coach, author, and truly making a difference in the world. And today we're going to talk with her about the power of positive self-talk. And also in studio, another regular contributor, Jeff Dickinson with Remax on the Lake, uh, forming your home buying team and why that's so important. It'll be a great conversation for all you potential homeowners out there. And first time in studio, Brooke Anderson with with Kaizen Financial Advisors. We're going to be talking with uh, Brooke on financial and retirement planning. Great information and great guests in studio today. For more information on any of the topics discussed or suggestions for future topics, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50, or you can go online at themoneyr.com. And let's start out the show today, as always, with a little money chat. Money. Money. It is that time again. It's coming up soon. Tax time. We are hitting the beginning of April, so you're going to be getting ready for this. And some co- common mistakes that can be made doing your taxes that I wanted to share with you today. Unsigned, ret- unsigned returns. It's the easiest part about doing your taxes, but some reason, some people forget to do it. So make sure you don't leave that out. When you file online, you won't be able to submit the return without your typed signature. Two signatures if you're filing jointly. Uh, but when filing on your own. This is often overlooked. An unsigned tax return is like an unsigned check. It's not valid with the IRS uh, states. So wrong social security number is another one. While you should have your own social security number memorized by now, taxpayers often enter in the wrong numbers for their children and other family members. So if you're unsure of the number, get social security cards out and copy it from that. Otherwise, you risk getting your return kicked back to you by the IRS. Wrong name, apparently. Many taxpayers can't spell their names correctly. The IRS states putting the wrong name on a tax return is one of the most common tax errors. This mistake also comes up a lot after a person has changed their name after getting married or for some other reason. And the name they write down on the return doesn't match the name on the IRS system. Uh, Wrong filing status. 
You should be pretty certain about whether you're married or single, but what often confuses people is whether to choose head of the household or single as their filing status, according to the IRS. Primarily, this is happening with divorced parents and minor children, uh, either confusion as the who the legal entity to claim the kids sets, sets in, or one of the parents is illegally attempting to claim the children and the filing status uh, that accompanies them. So tax filing programs like TurboTax uh, or H&R Block will help you figure out the right status to choose. But if you're filing on your own and unsure which status is correct for your situation, you can go to the IRS website to use as an online tool. Uh, Mistakes claiming credits or deductions. It's common for taxpayers to uh, mistake a claim uh, deductions or credits that they don't qualify for to miss out on some of the same tax brackets when they do qualify. The credits that are most common abused or neglected, the earned income tax credit, it the child and dependent care credit and the standard deduction. Now, with ever-increasing complexity of the tax code, it's no wonder they continue to see errors on the credit or deductions. So if you're filing solo, make sure that you read the instruction carefully to ensure that you qualify for a given credit. Otherwise, tax software uh, should help you determine which credits you can and can't claim. Now, wrong bank account numbers when requesting a refund uh, via direct deposit, you must enter the bank, bank account number on the tax return but even if one number is off, the IRS won't be able to transfer your refund into your account and will send you back uh, the return back with the to fix those mistakes. So obviously we don't want that. You want to get your money back if you've got any coming from you coming to you. Now, math errors is another one. The IRS states that uh, people who file with a pen and paper are 20 times more likely to make mistakes than those that file who do e-file. While tax uh, software will crunch the numbers on the tax return for you, filing on your own will require some additional uh, add and subtraction. So make sure that you double check the figures by uh, submitting your return. If you file by paper, it could take a while for the IRS to process the return and identify the mistakes before sending it back to you. So if you're filing electronically, however, you return it will be rejected immediately if there are any incorrect math and you will need to resubmit that. Now, last is I just want to remind you about mortgage insurance. The mortgage insurance write-off PMI or MI is now a write-off again. So thanks to the Tax Relief and the Health Care Act of 2006 and the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act of 2007, mortgage insurance premiums were tax deductible and treated the same as mortgage interest. We lost that benefit, but on December 18th of 2015, the president signed legislation that renews the tax deduction um, of mortgage insurance premiums for qualified buyers through 2016. The deduction is effective for purchases or refinances loan close after December 31st, 2014. Mortgage insurance premiums paid to occurred uh, after December 31st, 2014 and through December 31st, 2016 may qualify for tax deductible for homeowners federal tax returns. Now, this would apply to your monthly mortgage insurance as as well as your buyout. Um, if you've heard me talk about mortgage insurance before, as my profession is a mortgage consultant, I'm really favorable over the buyout mortgage insurance or what's called the single premium. So you're paying a one-time fee upfront to buy the mortgage insurance out upfront. So you're not paying that monthly mortgage insurance. So you may forget that you actually have mortgage insurance. You've paid for it. So your mortgage is still insured in case you default. The bank's going to get their money back or a percentage of it. Um, but it is still mortgage insurance. So you get to write that off. Um, so make sure that you don't forget about that. So there's my money chat for today. And coming up next in the Money Hour, does your self-talk matter? 
Yes, it does. How changing your thoughts will change your life. Deborah Trapin, owner of D11 Consulting, speaker, coach, author, and dynamic woman that I am proud to call my friend right here on 1150 AM at KKNW after this short break. Would it be crazy if you just stopped everything, packed your bags and left for a week, a month, a year? What if you left for two years? Would people think you'd lost your mind? What if you were going far away to help in a village on the edge of the Gobi Desert? A village crowded with Buddhist temples, not skyscrapers. A place where there isn't a word for recluse, but a thousand words for community. Would it be crazy to go 5,000 miles from home? To spend time with people the rest of the world only reads about? To build libraries and fill them with stories? Prepare a meal with food you helped grow? To teach children and learn a thing or two about yourself? Would that be crazy? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit PeaceCorps.gov. There's one thing you can never have sex without. It's not something you buy. Or something you take. In fact, there's only one way to get it. It has to be given to you, freely. It's consent. Because sex without it isn't sex. It's rape. Consent. If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's on us to stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 2nd show. I build a network of elite industry professionals every week, sharing their knowledge and expertise to my listeners. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can always call the show at 1-855-411-50 or go online to themoneyhour.com to ask any questions, get connected with my guest. If you miss any of the show or you want to re-listen to uh, my guest, segments. They're always posted online. And right now in studio, I'm happy to have a conversation with Deborah Trapin. She's owner of D11 Consulting. She's also a speaker, a coach, an author, and is really making a difference uh, with business business professionals and getting connected to who they are and transferring that into their business. And today we're going to talk with Deborah about the power of positive self-talk. Deborah, excited to have you uh, back in studio today. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. I love to be here with you, Tina. Thanks, Deborah. And a little bit about Deborah, she is chief of SAS Moxie and experience of D11 Consulting. She founded the firm to help growth-minded women in business and companies who want to serve their them shine online and fire up their personal and business brands along with their attitudes. If you want to start a business, attract more ideal clients, build influence, or apply your voice but have no idea where to start, Deborah's the one that can help you with that. Get ready to clarify your values, your purpose, your niche. Define what social media performs are at the at the best that you can and achieve your goals. 
all with lots of tech tips, oodles of moxie, and tons of fun along the journey. Deborah's daily mission to ignite passion, influence purpose, and inspire progress by connecting, engaging, elevating, and empower relationships and ideas. Her superpower creating clarity in chaos. She helps you navigate and focus on the truth and fires you up to take action. And if you haven't picked up Deborah's book, uh, you definitely want to do that. Deborah, can you tell them where to pick up your book? Absolutely. Well, of course, you can go to the big Amazon.com and search Fire Up Taking Your Life and Business to 11, or you can search my name, Deborah Trapin, T R A P P E N. Looks like Trapin says Trapin. And you can tell by her uh, voice that she's got quite the personality. If you could just see her in person with her fiery red hair. Uh, Deborah, excited to talk about the power of positive self-talk. Um, and so you're so you're passionate about your personal brand, positive attitudes, and leaving, leading ourselves and others into greatness. Now, you're here to help my listeners kick their negative self-talk to the curb and take their thoughts to 11. So I'm excited for that. So can we start out with uh, defining self-talk and the amount of positive and negative thoughts in your daily lives? Sure. You know, this is something that I've really become very passionate about over the last, say, 18 to 24 months, because in particular, working with solopreneurs and leaders, we tend to work on our own a lot. Mm -hmm. And that means that our voice is the one we hear the most, no matter what. And I found that those who are really successful are really very fierce about paying attention to their self-talk. Mm-hmm. Now, they, there's all sorts of stats all over the place that say, you know, sometimes 90% of our self-talk can be negative, but the average is about 70% of our self-talk isn't wonderful. Yeah. And how sad is that? Yeah. You know, this is, this is the constant men- mental chatter that's going on inside of our heads telling us, gosh, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Or... Most of the time it's saying, I'm not good enough. And the concept of the power of saying I am and what follows that is so epic in our success that in particular as independent sales professionals in, in the real estate and financial services space, understanding that those thoughts produce feelings. Yes. And those feelings produce actions. And that's so important to, to understand that it really does your self talk dictates how not only how you show up for yourself, but how mm-hmm. you show up to the world. And so I really am super excited to really get everyone fired up to be their biggest cheerleader. Yeah. And even if it just starts with being aware of the self-talk mm-hmm. and knowing, yes, there is a voice going on in my head. Yep. It's because I think what happens is we become unconscious about the voice that is yeah. in there. And That's a, a good point. And I think when those negative thoughts come in, because they are, just you said, you know, uh, statistics show 70% of them, it's, it's not trying to eliminate or get rid of them, but it's really just trying to go, you know what, I welcome and understand that you're here. Thanks for coming. Let me get back to, tr- get back to business and bring in the positive thoughts. So you talk about telling uh, ourselves truths instead of making up stories. What, what do you mean by that? So this is a really great exercise to go through. And When I remember myself to go through this exercise, I'm blown away at how often I personally spend my time in the stories. So what I mean by that is there are events that happen in our lives, Mm -hmm. and those are factual events. This is where people kind of go off the rail. And factual means it can be, it's written down somewhere, it was captured by video or audio, 
it is a fact. It mm-hmm. exists. But what happens is most of us experience an event and we start telling ourselves a story. So a client didn't choose us to list to their home. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Yes. They said no. Yes. The stories we start to tell ourselves is, I don't have enough experience. They don't like me. Mm-hmm. My presentation was awful. And that, in, in turn, triggers feelings. Got it. Feelings of inadequacy, sadness, depression, mm-hmm. you know, a variety. Usually, when we go event, story, mm-hmm. feeling, the feeling tends to be negative. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're talking in this, telling yourself the truth, instead of taking the event and moving into a story, take the event and say, what feeling do I want to have from this event? Uh-huh. So I didn't get the get the listing. Yep. So I want my feeling to be that, okay, what can I learn from this? Yes. I want to feel positive about that. Mm-hmm. So instead of jumping to a story, let's jump to an action. Yes. Let's have a discussion on why we didn't get the listing. If we can't, then let's look at it ourselves from a positive learning perspective. I think too often we look at no's as failures mm-hmm. and they stop us as yeah. opposed to looking at no as an opportunity to fail forward. Exactly. And learn something from it. So if you just look at your day and you say, what ha- what's happening to me and when? You lose your keys, yep. you're not an idiot. Yes. You know, it happens. Mm-hmm. We all lose our keys. Mm-hmm. So don't get down on yourself. Think, okay, so how? what action can I take so that this doesn't happen? Well, sure. have a spot you put your keys. Yes. You know, <laughs> d- that's something very, very basic, but you can start to see how you're actually telling yourself false mm-hmm. stories, yeah. the wrong kind of fairy tales, if you will. And I think accepting the truth, uh, too, Deborah, I, I, I know that you um, uh, believe that we, I mean, we have to give ourselves permission that these failures are going to happen because we're not going to get through life without them. So once you give yourself permission that, you know, they're going to happen and just let them pass and just like you said, learn from them and move on, um, you know, to getting back to business. So I know that you have tips to help people get out of the negative self-talk cycle. So uh, let's go through... Um, and, and start with being aware, tip one, being aware of who is speaking into you and how does that affect our self-talk? Yeah, simply put. Speaking into you. Yeah, the people who speak into you. Uh-huh. You know, that can be who you talk to on the phone. Okay. That can mm. be a spouse mm-hmm. or your kids. Yep. That can be your family, could be your friends, mm-hmm. your coworkers. Now, we can't always control who is in our lives, but we can certainly surround ourselves with positive people. Yes. So if we are in a situation where we are not able to get out of being around somebody who's negative, then we need to double time the time we're with positive people because when you're stuck in a negative spiral and you're you're just feeling you're not good enough, you, you haven't achieved enough, you need those people who speak the goodness back into you, who know mm-hmm. your greatness, mm-hmm. uh, who can sing your song back to you when yeah. you've forgotten it. And I there's I have a favorite quote around this that always has some wild, you know, old women in purple hair, you know, in bathing suits <laughs> in it. But it's there's no competition among wild women. There are too darn wild. They're too darn wild to be caught in a tiny space of envy. Instead, they dance together and allow the good to flow abundantly to them. Now, that can be men or women. But I just love the idea of casting aside your desire for uh, small-minded companions. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm. small minds talk about other people, and they talk about the negatives. So really focus on, on finding those good, positive voices and getting them into your tribe. Got it. So in tip two, you talk about ways other people can help us with our negative thoughts. 
Yeah, this is this is just the opposite. This isn't looking for people to actually speak into you. This is you uh-huh. helping other people. Got it. You know, whenever mm-hmm. I find I'm in a slump and I just I need I need something outside of me. Helping someone else does it every single time. And I think that when you take the focus away from you, and mm-hmm. most of the time, let's just be real, the things we're, we're hard on ourselves are, are all first world problems. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're nothing, there's nothing epically, you know, life-threatening about the things that are we're negative to ourselves about. So remembering that and taking a tray of food to a friend who just had a mm-hmm. child or helping somebody clean their house that broke their arm yep. or even just simply going to a drawer and cleaning out some of clo- the clothes you aren't wearing mm-hmm. and bringing those to a Goodwill or Salvation sure. Army. Just that getting out of yourself for a minute mm-hmm. helps you raise your level of you know, just positivity in general in your life. So true. Uh, Tip three, Deborah. Um, Many of us battle with the desire to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So how can we turn our negative thoughts around in these situations? You know, I I love this tip because it's just all about being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that we, especially with this era of social media and everyone sharing their highlight reel, is it's really easy to think everyone's life is better than ours. And in particular, that everyone else is living in this perfect existence. And so if you remember no one's perfect, Uh that allows you to move forward. And it's easy to dwell in the negative. So why not make it just as easy to dwell in that positive space and being vulnerable and sharing when you need help? Yes. And sharing kind of the behind the scenes of your own life. I guarantee that you are going to attract more people into your space yes. with that mm-hmm. than, than this shiny diamond exterior. When you really open the kimono and yes. you are vulnerable, it really does. It takes your relationships and ultimately your, your life and business to yeah. the next level. So, Deborah, I always need more time with you, and I don't know why I do this to us every time, but I've got, there's, I want you to get through the seven tips, and I've got a couple minutes to get to break. Can you list it with my listeners tip four, five, six, and seven in the next few minutes? Sure. So, uh, four is stop right now and write down five things you're grateful for. It's okay. a very simple, you know, way to really get your mind on what, what you have, uh-huh. not what you don't have. Stay in that space. On number five, oh, and this one's really hard. It's stop comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. You know, I talk about personal brand and understanding who you are at the core of who you are. And once you get to that place and you know who you are mm-hmm. and you know what success means to you, it's easier to be positive about your wins Yes, as opposed to being negative about other people's wins. Uh, number six, this is one of my favorites because it's so it's so fun. Uh, whenever you're in that place and you're talking to yourself with those negative words, uh-huh. stop, close your eyes, and imagine yourself as a seven-year-old. Love it. Little pigtails, mm-hmm. butch cut if you're a guy. And would you say those words to that child? Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. If you don't want to imagine yourself as a child, think about it yourself as your best friend. Would yeah. you say that to your best friend? Yeah. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Turn it around. Yes. Put a smile on your face and say what you would say. And then uh, the last tip is surround yourself with positive words. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't always have control over the people. So find quotes that speak to you. I know you are so yeah. big on positive affirmation. You've got your your personal quotes. And I think that's so important because we need to watch our thoughts because they become words. Yes. And there's a great quote about that. Um, watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch mm-hmm. your character 
it becomes your destiny. Wow. So that's uh, that's it in Love a nutshell. That. Deborah, thank you so much for um, uh, your words of wisdom, your words of inspiration, and just who you are as a person and, and everything that you do and, and give back. I just, I really appreciate it. And I love you bunches. My pleasure. Thanks, I adore Deborah. you as well. <laughs> and coming up next on The Money Hour, why it's important, whether you are a first-time homebuyer, second-time homebuyer, or even an experienced homebuyer, to form your own personal home buying team to assist with your purchase. That's a conversation I'm going to have with Jeff Dickinson with Remax on the Lake right here at 1150 AM at KKNW after this short break. Chris, you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. M2, M2. There's your comic book collection, the race car bed. I'm young at heart, but I put money into my 401k every paycheck. I'm taking control over my financial life, and that feels pretty grown up to me. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Are those footy pajamas? This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 2nd show. I'm here to empower our community, providing you with opportunities and solutions when it comes to your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can talk with the guests that I have in studio or uh, suggestions for future shows. Just call the show at one 855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, Jeff Dickinson with Remax on the lake, forming your home buying team and why that's so important. Jeff, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Always glad to be here, Tina. And a little bit about uh, Jeff. He has, um, over the years, Jeff has been involved in the development of apartment, office buildings, residential condominiums, and self-storage facilities. His real estate practice includes extensive buyer and seller representation of residential properties through the Puget Sound region. Jeff has also found 
founder and director of Remax Home Advantage Program, one of the most successful real estate teams. The primary focus is corporate employee representation with over 90 corporate clients, including Boeing, UW, King County, City of Seattle, Harborview Medical Center. And it, you have to be the best of the best to get into corporations like this. And uh, Jeff, I, knew, I know your unique spin is, re- spin is really putting together a community of experts, just like I do here with the show, but out there in the field and helping homeowners so that they're set up and ready to go for the biggest purchase they're going to make in their life. So uh, very excited to share this information with my listeners. So whether, again, you're a first-time home buyer buying a second home or you feel that you're experienced, forming that team of experts that are going to help you be successful at the highest level that you can is our conversation today. So, Jeff, why is that so important? Well, you know, I uh, represent about 40, 50, 60 buyer uh, buyers each year, and it amazes me uh, how many of them just take for granted the home buying process. It's our largest purchase in our life for the most part. So uh, it's just really important uh, to get some uh, uh, expertise um, uh, on your side. And I, you know, first-time homebuyers, I think, think probably think more about this because they're first time home buyers. It's the ones that have done it before that and and the reality is is that you doing it before you've probably done it maybe once or twice and it's been years in between and then all the changes that are happening in the different markets that we're in. So it's it's so important. So what are some of the reasons for building your personal home buying team? Well, I think first is um, um, what I would do is start with a a real estate agent and just uh, interview maybe two or three of them, Uh uh, get a lay of the land uh, to uh, see what their services are, um, how they deal with you, are they a good fit uh, Mm -hmm. for, for you. Or um, get a, a really strong friend or relative recommendation that's actually gone through the process. Um, you know, not, not one of those where, hey, my cousin just uh, got, got their license and I'm going to go with them. Yes. Uh, although that did happen to me yesterday. It's only human, I guess. So, yeah. so anyways. Um, uh, so second of all, um, as I say, just like brain sur- you know, having to have brain surgery, if you have to have it, you want uh, the best surgeon, yes. the brain surgeon, uh, you know, we're, you know we're working on you. So really no different uh, when you're buying a, buying a home. So find a really good seasoned agent. Yeah. Also find an agent, especially if you're buying a condo, which I think is a real specialty these days, um, you know, a, a fraught with apparel, um, that you find someone that, an, an agent that specializes in condo, not just doing it on the side, so to speak. Yeah, great so, point. Yeah. And in this market, having the experience, um, and not just the experience of uh, time in the industry, but experience of numbers of transactions you've actually closed. Um, you know, like Jeff says, what if, how many of, of a year? 50, 60? Yeah, yeah, 40 to 60 a year. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, and if you think about that, where the average agent closes, what, eight yeah, or transactions? Three, three or four. But yeah, I that's think. just, it's cr- So you <laughs> yeah. look at the difference there. And right now, with everything that's happening in the market, that, that experience of all the different things that can come up during the process, it's important because that's how you learn. As Deborah talked earlier, about, um, you know, things, if you, uh, failures come up or things that happen, that's where you're learning from it. Well, you've got to go through the experience and have all of that underneath your belt. So Jeff, how important is it to have an agent that really is listening to what your personal needs are? You know, I'm going to say probably a dozen times a year, I get, um, 
I get buyer clients that kind of get reassigned, so to speak, that they've already, they've had a bad experience with Mm -hmm. another agent. And usually it's that uh, an agent's showing them something at 500,000 when their uh, budget is 300,000. So they're just really not listening or, you know, we're looking at uh, um, two-story homes when we really want a rambler or Uh need a rambler. So that's a, that's a huge thing. I think you you want your agent to be your personal advocate and and advisor and to uh, allow you to understand the options available to you to make us make smarter choices. So and that's a great point. And if they're not listening to you, imagine who they're else who else they're not listening to. They're not listening to the agent that represents the seller and what those sellers' needs are. And in this market, if you're not paying attention to what's going on and how to structure that deal, you've lost before you've even had a chance to go in there and try to compete for the property. So, Jeff, can you share with my listeners who is part of your home buying team? Well, aside from uh, uh, getting a really good real estate agent, you want to get a really great um, home loan provider, too. And um, oftentimes you really want to start with a home loan provider before yeah. even even engaging an agent. So um, some, some of the other team members uh, would be your accountant, uh, maybe tax advisor, mm-hmm. because there are some tax benefits for most of us homeowners uh, that you'd want to take a look at, especially for the first timers that are uh, that haven't had that tax benefit you yes. know they can oftentimes find another 150 to maybe 300 dollars a month yes. um, that could be used towards their mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other one is the home inspector. They're a, mm-hmm. you know, they're a big uh, um, uh, a team team player. Your agent should be able to um, recommend an inspector to. Got it. And if you're any orphans out there and you don't have your team in place, that is really, that's what the show, I shouldn't say really, that is what the show's about. The show's about bringing in experts, experts in all areas regarding your financing. And so uh, please feel free to uh, reach into the the show with any assistance there. Now, uh, Jeff... I know you do a lot of not uh, do them yourself because it's on the financing side, but it's amazing how many people miss this opportunity. I know a lot of your buyers take advantage of it is the MCC uh, mortgage credit certificate tax. And when talking about taxes, you were talking about the deduction of homeownership, but then you add on top of that another two, three, four hundred dollars for the MCC tax credit. Can you uh, talk to talk about that with my listeners? Yeah, absolutely. It, it amazes me daily where I run into home loan providers. I run into other agents. Mm-hmm. I, I I work about 60% of my practice is working with first time home buyers and I'll sit down with them at Starbucks typically where I spend half my life. Um, <laughs> you look pretty and, good for just hanging yeah. out at Starbucks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'll ask them if they, you know, they're, uh, let's say a moderate home buyer and, you know, we'll just ask them, I'll, I'll ask them if they have uh, heard of the MCC program or their yeah. loan provider did. And they, you know, they look at me stereo eyed and, uh, you know, they're looking at something at 200000 and boy, the world might open up at two, two hundred and twenty dollars or $230,000. Yes. So, and so it's a really the, great federal program. And I I've, uh, agree, too. I've talked with, you know, a lot of agents, and they're like, what? what's the what's the MCC? And a lot of lenders don't even know about it. So it is a 20% tax credit on all the interest you pay on your mortgage for the life of the loan, dollar for dollar. It's huge. And you just, after consulting with a licensed CPA, as Jess said, is one of the big parts of uh, part of the team, is consult with them how to amend your W-4 so you can see that money in your paycheck every month. And like Jeff said, another 20, 30, 40, maybe $50,000 in buying power can make or break you actually getting into a home in this market or getting your kids in the school and having the, you know, being in the neighborhood you want them to be in. So Jeff, who else is part of the home buying team? 
Well, we talked uh, about having the uh, the home inspector uh, mm-hmm. as part of that. So really, uh, you know, in a nutshell, we've got the agent, we have the loan, home loan provider, uh-huh. we have the home inspector, and, and your accountant. Those are really the, the, the four primary Perfect. And, you know, one more you might add into there, which we're going to talk with next is your financial planner to really get an idea of where your money's at, uh, where where the best pay, place to, to take that money for your down payment, whether it makes sense to actually come in with a down payment or use a zero down option instead, um, really is where your, your financial advisor is going to be able to assist in that arena. Now, what about the cost of having your own home buying team? Well, that's the cool part is mm-hmm. that it doesn't cost you a thing as a home buyer. Everybody likes no isn't cost. That, isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a rarity. So explain that to my listeners, Jeff. With a, You've got a, a, a real estate expert that's working for you and working really hard. Who pays for that? Well, I, I get uh, asked this question constantly uh, um, uh, where, where we have buyers that ask me, uh, you know, what is, uh, you know, how, how much do I owe you? And so, you know, it's, it's zero. So mm-hmm. basically in, in real estate, the seller pays the commission for yep. both the buyer agent repre- uh, representation and the, the sellers. Perfect. And since I'm a mortgage expert, just to let you know, you don't pay for your mortgage expert either. The bank pays for that. So as a buyer, you've got it uh, pretty good. So let's talk about uh, starting that process. So uh, so if any of my listeners are thinking of becoming a homeowner, first time, second time uh, buyer investment property, second home, whatever that may be, when should they be putting together that buying team, Jeff? Well, I say it's never too early to start uh, forming your team. You know, if, totally you're, if you're a year off, uh, you know, two years off, that's that's fine. Um, I'll, you know, a lot of my buyers uh, require some down payment assistance or mm-hmm. savings for down payment or maybe improving their credit history. So those usually take time to, to uh, take care of. So it's always good to uh, start, start a team early. Totally agree. And there are amazing grant programs out there, uh, second mortgages to uh, take care of your down payment to where there's no uh, no interest, so there's no payment, which is pretty cool. Uh, so Jeff, to wrap up my time here with you, uh, what is one of the biggest challenges that you find with uh, homebuyers today? Well, I think the, uh, the biggest challenge that I've been running into lately is um, having buyers just not understanding and not being comfortable enough with the purchase and sale agreement documents. So what I like to do with my clients is, uh, when I first meet with them, is to give them a copy of the typical purchase agreement so they can go home, read them, fall asleep to them. Uh-huh. But um, I had a recent situation uh, a couple weeks ago where I had a, a, a buyer that I'd been working with for quite a while. They had gone over the purchase agreement. But uh, 15 minutes before the offer deadline, they brought me 20 questions, and it just gets to be too late at that time. Yeah, and so especially in this, in, in this market, um, having that preparation. So, Jeff, any uh, final tips that you have for uh, my listeners today? I think the best thing you t- can do is go out and uh, form your home buying team. Wonderful, Jeff. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure um, uh, talking with you. And and again, just a a, a real leader in our local market here. And I highly uh, suggest reaching out to Jeff if you're thinking of uh, buying a home. Have some time and and like Jeff said, interview with your real estate expert and see if it's a good fit for you. And make sure you ask how many buyers that they're working with on an annual basis because that can make or break this process being successful for you. Jeff, thank you again so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you, Tina. Coming up next on The Money Hour, are you smart and safe with your financial investments? Well, you'll find out by listening to Brooke Anderson with Kaizen Financial Advisors right here on 1150 AM, KKNW after this short break. Have you saved enough to provide for the retirement you envision? 
Is your current lifestyle putting your future at risk? Are you struggling to prioritize financial goals? These are questions all investors have. Brooke Anderson with Kaizen Financial Advisors helps individuals just like you navigate the complex world of financial decision making. Brooke can help you design a retirement plan that will give you confidence as you look to the future. Kaizen Financial Advisors take a holistic approach to your financial life and will make recommendations that encompass all of your priorities. Brooke Anderson will explain the issues and his recommendations in a simple and understandable way. Brooke wants to know and understand you both personally and financially. He'll emphasize a simple low-cost and diversified investment philosophy grounded in academic research. He's a CPA, MBA, and a registered financial advisor working in a fiduciary capacity for his clients. To learn more about what Kaizen Financial Advisors can do for you, call me, Brooke Anderson, at 425-321-5801. Again, that's Brooke Anderson at 425-321-5801. I look forward to hearing about you and helping you on your path to financial security. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 2nd show. My goal is to keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local economy. Keep me tuned in, and I promise I will definitely keep you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, the show number is 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, first time uh, having a conversation with Brooke Anderson with Kaizen Financial Advisors. And I'm going to talk with him today. We're going to be discussing financial and retirement planning. Brooke, thank you so much for joining me in studio. Great. Thank you for having me. And a little bit about Brooke. Brooke Anderson is a financial advisor with Kaizen Financial Advisors, a Bellevue-based independent advisory firm. Brooke's uh, finance career has spanned over 19 years. He uh, was a CPA and MBA and registered financial advisor. His firm, Kaizen, provides holistic financial planning and investment management services for their clients. They strive to deeply understand the needs of their clients and help coach them through the major financial decisions they will make throughout their lives. Uh, they act as your personal CFO, and they are fiduciaries. And I, I like acting as a uh, personal CFO because isn't that true? I mean, somebody that is in charge of your financial future, and not only that, but the financial future of your family. So, Brooke, again, thank you so much for uh, joining me in studio. Yeah, thanks for having me. So if you could start out and tell tell my listeners a little bit about Kaizen and why you joined the firm. Yeah, I recently joined Kaizen Financial Advisors because of my alignment with the firm's advising and investing philosophies, but even more because of how they treat their clients. Kaizen believes in providing white glove service, which goes beyond just the handling of administrative burdens, but goes to how we provide knowledge and insights in ways that our clients understand and feel respected regardless of their financial knowledge. We want our clients to have a fantastic experience working with us, and I just love that aspect of our firm. Plus, we're just nice people. 
who truly enjoy getting to know our clients and giving them great service and great advice. Well, you know, Brooke, I only invite the nicest people in studio (laughs) here, so I know you guys definitely meet that criteria. So from your conversations with people, what is the biggest concern people have regarding their financial lives? Far and above, the most common concern people have is whether or not they have saved enough for retirement, Mm -hmm. especially the retirement that they envision. Or on the flip side, they ask, how much do I need to save to fund the retirement I desire? These are complex questions, and unfortunately, my initial response rarely satisfies, which is, it depends. I'll tell you, there is never a specific answer to this question. However, with enough information, we're able to assess the probability a client will outlive their money. This is at the core of financial planning. The it depends part largely rests on responses regarding lifestyle, spending priorities, anticipated future events, resources, investment, and withdrawal strategies, and a number of other variables. Without incorporating these elements, there's really no reliable retirement number, so to speak, that I would ever feel comfortable relying on. Having a plan that's built on a reliable model is truly the best way to go. Totally agree, uh, Brooke. And so do you have some general advice that you can give my listeners about saving for their retirement? Sure. A A few things might seem obvious, but it's surprising how many don't fully take advantage of them. That's maximizing free money opportunities like 401k matching and profit sharing, maximizing the utilization of tax-exempt and tax-deferred savings vehicles like your Roth and traditional IRAs, and of course, starting early and saving aggressively. Another common question that I often uh, get is, you know, how should I prioritize my funding or my or funding my financial goals? Should retirement come first or something else? What about college savings? These are tough decisions, but in general, my advice would be that your retirement should take priority. If you must, you can finance a portion of an education. However, you can't finance your retirement. As a final thought, you know, make sure that you accurately incorporate future out-of-pocket medical expenses. As you know, medical inflation has been a considerable challenge for people. Medical expenses can end up having a material impact on one's retirement. And unfortunately, it's not usually a good one. Through proper planning, you know, we help guide our clients to build wealth faster, make better decisions that impact their financial future, and this certainly would apply to retirement planning as well. So, Brooke, earlier you'd mentioned uh, assessing the probability of running out of money, and I know that this is a, a big fear for a lot of people, so can you talk a little bit more about how that works? Yeah. As I mentioned, it's essential to have a plan for your financial future. It's the only way to know if you're on track. Like the saying goes, if you don't know where you're going, any map will do. In the short, truth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure is. Uh, in the short run, markets move in rather unpredictable ways. It'd be foolish to build a retirement plan on a single rate of return when we know with absolute certainty reality will never play out that way. In our practice, we model simulated market scenarios with our clients' portfolios. And from that data, we can assess the probability of one outliving their money. We can also stress test a a, a retirement plan for adverse market conditions. This allows us to recommend course adjustments today that will improve your potential for success in the future. We also coach our clients along the way. We're a little like your your trainer at the gym. Uh, We help you stay focused, stay on track, and keep you motivated to realize your goals. Whether it's in the gym or 
in your retirement plan, having someone in your corner really does increase your probability of success. I love that. It's so important that we have coaches in every aspect of our life because that's what's going to keep us on track to not only do, you know, with the advice of what we need to do, but keep us motivated in the direction. So I, I love that. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people make in regards to retirement planning, Brooke? Yeah, first is starting late. Compounding is a powerful tool, but it requires time. People generally save too little, especially in the early years. Markets have trended towards uh, lower yields and lower capital appreciation lately. And although general inflation has been low, we've experienced high inflation in areas such as healthcare and education. So in these market conditions, people really should be saving more aggressively than in past generations. As a general rule, I like to see people save at least 20% of their income. And for most, that tends to provide the resources necessary to fund a lifestyle that's comparable to the lifestyle you have today. Just for reference, the national savings rate is currently only 5.5%. Oh, my gosh. I also see suboptimal portfolio design in relation to the stage of life, meaning too conservative in younger years and sometimes too risky in later years. You need to make sure that your assets are allocated to optimally achieve your goals at every stage throughout your life. Lastly, many people do not have a well-thought-out distribution strategy. How you take withdrawals from your retirement account is generally far more important and strategic than how you accumulated them in the first place. Some should consider a semi-variable distribution strategy, for example, where your annual withdrawals fluctuate somewhat with market conditions. Cumulatively, this can allow you to actually withdraw more money over your cumulative retirement years than you otherwise would have with a single single set payment amount. Saving for retirement is a marathon, it's not a sprint. So have the discipline to stick with it. It requires some sacrifice, but the peace of mind that comes with executing a sound strategy is truly worth it. Yeah, and I, you have to remember, too, when you're retiring, hopefully you're going to be living quite a few more years. So if you're going to live another 30, 40 years, just ask yourself, also, would you be working at the same job for 30 or four years if they never gave you a raise? So you've got to really consider what your money's doing, and it's going to continue to grow so that we can get through the rest of our years as everything else is going up. Now, you talked to me earlier about adding value holistically. What exactly does that mean, and why should that be important to my listeners? Yeah, <clears throat> to us, uh, holistic simply means considering outcomes in relation to everything else you're trying to accomplish and evaluating them accordingly. At Kaizen, we act as your personal CFO, as you mentioned. We're not here to simply invest and manage your assets. As your personal CFO, we look at every area of your financial life and provide you with guidance on all those major decisions you're going to be facing not in isolation, but in the context of your collective goals. I often ask people, are you identifying and making optimal financial decisions at the right times throughout your life? If you aren't, consider the potential consequences. We focus on areas such as estate planning, retirement planning, college savings, major purchases like homes, tax planning, social security optimization, and, and any other area that, that has significant impact on your financial life. We find that clients generally receive the greatest value from our financial coaching and our holistic approach. So let me ask you, do you feel that you would make better decisions if you had an unbiased financial coach working in your corner? Our, our clients certainly do. I certainly agree with that as well. So obviously managing client portfolios is a big part of what you do. Now, when it comes to portfolio management, do you have some general advice that could benefit my, uh, my listeners? Sure. 
Uh, several thoughts come to mind. First is risk. Everyone's a long-term investor until the market crashes, uh, crashes and their emotions take over. So I suggest you deeply understand your own personal risk tolerance, as well as your capacity to take on risk. You should be very aware of how much your portfolio could potentially drop in a down market and be willing to accept that without making knee-jerk sell reactions. If you can't do that, you're probably in the wrong mix of assets. And there's nothing more damaging to wealth creation than ill-timed liquidations. You may have heard the statistic, but a stock investor who misses the 10 best days over the last 20 years realizes a return that's been nearly cut in half. You really don't want to be, you really don't want panic selling to cause you to miss those critical up days in the market. So make sure your portfolio is properly diversified across worthy asset classes that align with your specific goals. This should include both international and domestic securities, and this will improve your risk-adjusted returns that you'll realize within that portfolio. Third, minimize your fees. Um, so minimize your fees through efficiently operated funds that also charge low expense ratios. And you want to manage your assets across your accounts collectively and maximize tax efficiencies. And lastly, periodically rebalance your portfolio to maintain your desired risk levels and take advantage of tax-loss harvesting opportunities in that process. At Kaizen, we employ all of these practices in our investment advisory services. Brooke, a lot of people are really nervous about the recent ups and downs in the market and how they should protect protect themselves from major downturn or a true bear market. So what would you say to that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I will tell you that no one knows or can predict with any certainty mm -hmm. the occurrence of the next bear market or when it does occur, when you should get back in. In fact, I'd be leery of anyone that claims that they do know. Your best defense is to have a properly diversified portfolio. And this means a mix of assets whose movements are not perfectly correlated with each other. And that covers and, and that cover a wide range of economic sectors and geographies. In a lot of cases, I would also recommend augmenting diversification with a bucket strategy. You sort of have one bucket that's your safety bucket where a retiree might have several years of income for near-term needs and a different bucket that provides for your long-term growth and inflation protection. You know, and obviously, if retirement's a long way out, that safety bucket is less relevant, but mm -hmm. it obviously becomes more relevant as you approach retirement years. And when it comes to funding your safety bucket, the timing can be tied to market conditions. There's no point in selling stocks from your growth bucket to fund your cash bucket in the depths of a bear market. Having the cash to ride through a bear market is the whole reason for having that bucket in the first place. So a properly if properly designed, your allocation and, and uh, diversification strategy should allow you to stomach the market's ups and downs without losing sleep at night. And as I stated earlier, if it doesn't, you probably own the wrong mix of assets. Lastly, I recommend not taking more risk than is necessary to achieve your desired goals. Because remember, peace of mind is worth something, too. Yeah, definitely. So after hearing some of the advice uh, today, if a listener is interested in exploring the idea of an advisor, can you provide some practical advice on choosing an advisor, Brooke? Sure. Uh, here's a few things you should consider. First of all, make sure your advisor is a fiduciary. A fiduciary is obligated to act in your best interest, even if it's to their own detriment. And if they're not a fiduciary, simply put, they do not have to act in your best interest. Secondly, understand specifically what services you want from an advisor, be it investment management or retirement planning, financial coaching, tax planning, all the things that we've discussed so far. Not every practice is going to offer every service or offer that service to the extent that you'd like. And third is trust. Do you align philosophically with your advisor? Get to know them. Do, their do you personally trust them to make the best decisions on your behalf? 
And fourth, are they independent? And what I mean by that is, are they free from any pressure to push proprietary investment products? I'd be very leery of advisors that work for companies that manufacture investment products, as their advisors are often encouraged and incentivized to sell those products, and they may not be the best ones for your needs. Are they motivated in any way by transactional compensation schemes? I would strongly recommend you consider a fee-based advisor. This is where the advisor gets paid via a set schedule and not by getting you to move in and out of products, which can create a conflict of interest. Lastly, make sure that you personally feel comfortable with your advisor, as this should be a long-term and open relationship. You need to know that you are getting great advice, prompt service from someone you trust. Brooke, thank you so much. I've got just five seconds here, and uh, here I've got to wrap up the show, but um, good client for, for Kaiser. What, what do they yeah, look like? I, I would say that that client is someone who's not uh, focused purely on short-term results. Mm-hmm. We don't take short-term, make short-term strategies to uh, and, and jeopardize long-term returns as a result. So I would say it's somebody that, and also that somebody that values uh, a long-term relationship with their advisor, and that values holistic planning, that considers okay. their whole life in, in, uh, in all the decisions that are being made. Wonderful. Brooke, thank you so much for joining me in studio. We'll definitely have to have you back. I appreciate your time. Great. Thank you for having me. And this is your host of Morgan Tech for Tina Mitchell signing off for the day. It has been an hour, but don't worry, I'll be here. Same time, same place next weekend, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Enjoy the amazing rest of the weekend. Bye, guys. Proceeding program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information.